one. Friends, enemies, uh, <laughs> friends, people of all Romans, ages. <laughs> countrymen. Um, welcome to our one hundredth episode. Part of me can't believe we've made it this far. I truly not um not that I didn't have faith in us as people, but just like when we started doing this, one hundred was a number of episodes that I could not imagine in my brain. It's it's too many. It's it's, it's way too it's it's simply too many. Um and uh for our um for our 100th episode um since we've changed we, so much in the past 100 episodes we've changed we've grown as people and as podcasters um we wanted uh we wanted to revisit uh the subject of our very first episode uh which some could Mr. argue that wasn't the thing that we talked about the most in our very first episode or uh, very uh cohesively. No. Uh it it was not. We um we did uh discuss one Mr. Bruce Wayne. Um but we also were talking about ourselves a lot um and had not really figured out the format of the podcast yet. Um I think so at that point we were also still just kind of like people know who Batman is. People know yes. Batman comics, but a lot of people know the man, the myth, the legend, but don't know a lot of, like, shit that happened in Batman comics. <gasps> oh, boy. Oh, there's, oh, there's so much of it. Oh, oh, boysy. Um, so, um, yes, that, uh, is what we are going to talk about today, is we are going to properly devote an episode to talking about Batman in the way that we, uh, usually do these episodes. Um, and, uh, some of it will cover the same ground as our initial Batman episode, for sure. Um, but probably with some new stuff. As, uh, I was, uh, preparing to do this, I was just like, God, how funny would it be if for the intro we just pretended like we'd never talked about Batman before? Which is like, it's so weird that we never did an episode on Batman. <laughs> Crazy. I mean, we did an episode on Batman, but have we done an episode on Bruce Wayne? <laughs> that, that is, that is the distinction. This will be our Bruce Wayne episode. Um, though as, uh, d- d- as we all know, blah, 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 oh, Bruce is the persona and then Batman is the real person. You know, it's he's a man with uh some complicated identity. Look, he started out issues. as Bruce Wayne. His parents weren't like, "Oh, our darling baby boy, Batman." It, no, it's true. Like, <laughs> Batman is a created identity, but in terms of the uh the public persona known as Bruce Wayne, uh. Versus the persona of Batman. Uh, one of those is more performative than the other. Uh, and it's not the Bat one. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Batman, 
uh, originally uh, stylized as Bat-Man, the Batman, um, was uh, created uh, in the very early days of the uh, golden age of comics, uh, 1939, uh, shortly after uh, Superman, uh, the year after Superman had debuted, um, and was, you know, obviously a huge rousing success, uh, all kinds of people were trying to get in on this superhero craze, um, so, uh, comics publishers, uh, were just like, all right, everybody, we just need to be cranking out superheroes, um, so, uh, DC Comics, which, uh, at the time, was, uh, known as National Comics, um, but it eventually became DC, um... Detective Comics Comics. Yes, Detective Comics Comics, that we all know and love, um, was, uh, requesting, uh, more superheroes, um, and one of these, uh, was the creation of, uh, initially the creation of artists uh, Bob Kane, if, uh, the stories of how this came about are to be believed, um, so, uh, Bob Kane came up with this idea, uh, called The Batman, um, and his initial design, uh, did not look very much like the Batman that we currently know, um, and had not yet integrated, uh, most of the narrative elements of Batman that we also already know. Um, it was just, uh, kind of, uh, kind of a Superman knockoff, and he had a domino mask, uh, and he had some, uh, kind of, like, Leonardo da Vinci-type wings. Um, and Bob Kane called over, uh, writer Bill Finger, um, and was like, hey, check this guy out. I call him Batman. Um, and Bill Finger was like, okay, uh, good start, but what if he had, like, a cowl instead of the mask, and, uh, instead of these kind of weird-looking wings, he had, like, a a cape with kind of, like, wing, like, bat wing sort of shape, um... And also, what if it was, like, kind of a, a darker color scheme? Um, and, uh, from that, uh, point forward, the two of them, uh, collaborated on bringing Batman to life. They worked together on, uh, most of the early stories, um, because of the way that, uh, comics work, um... Uh, Bob Kane ended up, uh, he, uh, sold his rights to Batman, but in exchange, he, uh, asked for a, uh, for credit on all, like, Batman comics. Um, and Bill Finger, uh, did not receive, uh, the same credit, partly, like, partly because of the way that, like, uh, writing credits worked, uh, in comics at the time, and also, uh, 
because he didn't uh, stipulate it, apparently, in the same way that Bob Kane did. Uh, so for a very, very long time, uh, anytime there was a credit given, it would just say, uh, Batman created by Bob Kane. Um, and it wasn't until, like, literally 2015, um, that, uh, they started, uh, publishing, like, uh, Batman created by Bob Kane with Bill Finger. Um, so, uh, comics, <laughs> comics crediting continues to be just a, an absolute, uh, catastrophe, uh, for everyone. Um, but, um, the, um, the two of them together, uh, conceptualized this early version of Batman, um, and they drew a lot on, uh, another comic strip character, uh, called The Phantom, um, on, uh, Zorro, uh, the Scarlet Pimpernel, um, a lot of kind of pulp novels, um, to, uh, to create this idea of a, uh, character who sort of operated in secret, uh, you know, maintains this kind of aloof identity, um, and was also, uh, in addition to physically fighting crime, was also, like... Mentally fighting crime? He was mentally fighting crime. <laughs> he was psychologically fighting crime. Um, he was psionically fighting crime. Yes. Uh, he was sending out shockwaves with his brain. No, but they did, uh, envision him as a detective. So he wasn't just, like, going out and punching criminals. He was actually, like, solving crimes and, like, figuring out where the criminals were and what they were doing. And then he went out and punched them. Um, or, more often, he did shoot them with a gun. <laughs> um. A lot of people what... forget that he did have guns. <laughs> Yeah, that's one, uh, one of the most incongruous things about this, uh, very early Batman is that, uh, he, he did, he did use guns. Uh, he did kill people with guns. Um, which, like, uh, not just, like, indiscriminately. Um. He wasn't the Punisher. But, no, he wasn't Punisher killing people, but if he was you know, in a situation with uh, a violent criminal who had a gun, he would also shoot them with his gun. Um, and this was, uh, did not last, like, a very long time. Um, it was, uh, a couple years in, um, shortly after they introduced Robin, um, that one of DC's editors was like, okay, Guys, I really don't think we should be having this character shoot people with guns. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if this was, like, a response um, to having, like, a child in the comic book now. Um, and Or if it was just, like, kind of looking back on uh, Batman so far. Um, but uh, they did, like, around... Uh, 1940, uh, go like, okay, no, okay, no, no more guns. Um, so, uh, this, uh, for the first, 
30 or so issues of uh Batman's uh appearances. Um well, no, not not quite that much cuz he wasn't in the like the first issue of Detective Comics. Um he was introduced in the series Detective Comics. Um which at the time was uh not a Batman series. Um but much like uh Thor was introduced in the comic Journey into Mystery and that eventually became just kind of Thor the comic, uh det- Batman was pretty popular and Detective Comics ended up becoming Batman the comic. Um which it uh, still is today. There's Detective Comics now that you can buy and it'll be about Batman. Uh and his family. Bat- and his family. Batman and uh associates. Um <laughs> Batman and Sons. <laughs> yes. Um but um he also got like his own like self-titled Batman book while also still being part of Detective Comics. Like he he was uh he was a pretty big hit pretty fast. Um and it was uh it was a little while um before uh they brought in the element of uh Batman's origin story which everybody if you have consumed English language media at some point in your lifetime you have probably seen at least one version of Batman's origin story and more likely than not you have seen several <laughs> but it's everywhere it's everywhere they won't stop retelling it um the uh the origin story Bruce Wayne uh is the uh son of a wealthy Gotham City socialite, uh, Thomas Wayne, who's a surgeon, uh, and his wife Martha, um, who is a woman. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Who is a wealthy stay-at-home mom, presumably. Yeah. um, Also, presumably, their wealth has, like, increased as this story has been told, as you need, like, more wealth to sound, like, actually impressive. Inflation. Um, Yeah, that's how, that's how it'd be. Um, so, uh, one night, uh, they take young Bruce Wayne out to, uh, the theater. He's usually between, like, seven and twelve, uh, depending on the version of the story. Um, in uh almost every telling of this um they go out to see uh the the mask of zorro the mark of zorro um some zorro I movie should, they go out to see a movie about zorro um which, which is sort of you know which begs the question in more recent makes of this movie is this the antonio banderas as zorro Oh, I really hope so. Um, they, um, there's also, there's been, like, some, you know, obviously, some different versions. Um, in Batman Begins, they're at, uh, an opera, uh, with some scary bat people in it, um, theming. Um, (laughs) but, uh, as they're leaving the theater, 
um, they're walking through an alley called Crime Alley. Because that's a good place to walk, especially when you have money. When you're, like, very famous millionaires, um, who, in addition to being recognizable, are very visibly wealthy. Yeah, um, like, if, alright, if you were a crime man who wanted to do some crimes. Yes. And you saw the Waynes walk into Crime Alley, you're like, well, now I gotta. (laughs) When am I gonna get a chance like this again? And then later, you're talking all your crime buds, and you're like, and then I saw the Waynes walk into Crime Alley, and they're like, oh, well, of course you tried to rob them. What else are you gonna do? The richest family in town walking into Crime Alley? Of course you're going to do a crime. (laughs) Terrible. You you simply must. Um, Like, at least for, like, the story, right? (laughs) At least to create one of the most famous superheroes uh, known to man. Um, So, uh, they're leaving the theater through Crime Alley, um, and they are mugged. Uh, by a man named Joe Chill, um, who most of the time is, like, just a random mugger who saw the Waynes walking through Crime Alley and was like, yeah, money. Um, there's a couple versions that have him, like, uh, be, like, a hitman sent by the mob, um, which is, like, fine. Um, but I do, I, I strongly prefer the version where he's just, like, a guy. Um, like, I, I really, I, in my conception of Batman, I like the idea that this, like, big traumatic event happened, like, kind of randomly. Um, and Scott Snyder has a quote, uh, at some point where, He's, like, talking about one of the things that appeals to him about Batman is how, uh, he has this traumatic thing happen to him that, like, basically has no meaning. It's just, like, a random act of violence, uh, that, you know, could have happened, like, a million different ways. Um, and he takes this thing that, like, happened for no reason, and he's like, okay, well, I'm going to turn, instead of being, like crushed by despair and meaninglessness, I'm going to turn my life into an engine of meaning, and I'm going to make this mean something. Um, it's just good. I love Batman. I love hearing Scott Snyder talk about Batman. He Um, loves him so much. God, the man loves Batman! Um, relatable. Um, (laughs) so, they are mugged, by this man, Joe Chill, in this alleyway, um, both of, uh, the Wayne, the Wayne parents, uh, end up getting shot, uh, Bruce lives, um, and, uh, Joe Chill flees. Like, there's, like, you know, it, the details of it play out slightly differently, um, whether, you know, it's like, oh, he, like, he was going to kill Bruce, but then he stopped because he felt bad, or if it's, 
you know, he was always intending to kill them, or he, like, wasn't going to kill them, but, like, uh, he panicked because, like, one of them made a sudden movement. Um, it, that, that part doesn't really matter. The important thing is, this boy sees his parents murdered in front of him, uh, and does not take it super well. Surprise! Uh, surprisingly! Um... <laughs> Uh, Kane and Finger have been, uh, quoted as, like, coming up with this backstory, um, as it's, like, the most traumatic thing they could imagine happening. Um, which, it it is very traumatic in, like, a real-world way. Um. But let us not compare traumas. (laughs) Let us not compare traumas, for sure. And it is, like, a little bit funny, uh in light of the way that comics are, uh, where, like, at this point, in order to have, like, a character backstory, it's like, oh, uh, my parents and also all my siblings and also everyone in my village was murdered, and then I was, uh, kidnapped, and, uh, then I was locked in a box in the ocean and I had to escape. Like, it's all just, like... It has escalated a lot. Oh, yeah. It's the early days. So much. It's it's so much. What's um, the worst thing that could happen to this to this boy in comics? Uh, his parents died. Flash forward several decades. Uh, he dies terribly and also so does everybody else. But it's also very, very bad, and he is responsible for it somehow, I guess? And yeah. he knew that before he died. <laughs> uh, uh, um, okay, can we calm down, comics? Comics need to calm down. It does also, like, a little bit, um, it doesn't really lessen the impact of Batman. There are definitely times when, like, Batman is interacting with people who have been through a lot worse than he has and yet are, like, pretty emotionally stable in comparison. Like, he just, he just took this, he just took this really hard. Um, what he did was he, uh, went and he, uh, taught himself, uh, he taught himself uh, like, science and forensics. He trained himself in different languages. Uh, he learned, like, every discipline he could. He physically trained himself, uh, to get to, uh, peak human condition. Um, and, uh, he made, he made this vow, uh, that he would, uh, he would defeat criminals however he could. He would do everything in his power to prevent something like this from happening again. And in order to do that, because criminals are a superstitious and cowardly lot, he would become a bat. Oh! Yes. Uh, usually this is accompanied by, he's trying to think of it, and then a bat flies in the window, and he's like, oh, yes, I've got it. A bat will strike fear into the heart of anyone who would 
prey on the innocent. Um, Gadzooks. <laughs> egad. Um, uh, yeah, and then, you know, uh, with his infinite resources because he is like a billionaire, and this is one, like, important thing about Batman as, like, much as I love him and as much as, like, a lot of what's important about him is internal, there is a lot that he would not be able to do if he did not have millions and millions of dollars at his disposal. Batmobile? Straight out. Absolutely no, no Batmobile. Kevlar suits? Nope. He, yes, listen, even with all of the dedication in the world, uh, Bruce would have been dead within a month if he didn't have the finances to, like, design and build a bunch of, like, gadgets and protective equipment. Yeah. Um, I do like comparing, like, the Batman suit with, like, the Spider-Man suit as a concept, because it's like, on one hand, you, like, they've both technically made it themselves. Yeah. On, but Batman had a bunch of money, and he has, like, armor plating, and, like, all this shit, and then Spider-Man's got spandex. <laughs> <laughs> and a sewing machine. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, I, I, I guess. And I know that people out there could make the argument that they have different skill sets and power sets, which is true. But also, if you're thinking about a kid who doesn't have a lot of money just basically getting into cosplay versus a grown man with billions of dollars making himself a battle mech. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, and I don't, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Batman apologist for life. I don't want to discredit Batman's accomplishment. Um, he's, he's, he's make-believe. It doesn't, like, I'm not talking about a real person. <laughs> it's, um, it's like, yes, he did a lot, but also he is so incredibly privileged. <laughs> he's so, he's so rich. And normally he is, like, aware of that. Um... And it, he does a lot to, like, make himself able to fight crime side by side with people who can fly around the earth so fast they reverse the flow of time. Gods. Um, comics were a mistake. Comics are such a mistake. But he does have a, a, a gazillion dollars. And, uh... That is relevant. He's got a gazillion dollars and uh, a whole host of untreated mental health issues. Um, and I love him. Uh, I was about to be like, are there any superheroes that, like, don't have a bunch of money and also no powers? And then I was like, oh, wait. Yeah, definitely. Like, there's Hawkeye. There's <laughs> Black Widow. People that I know and love. <laughs> who, because I was about to be all like, Olivia, wait, maybe there are no heroes that do not have one or both powers and money. Because my only other, like, touching point was, like, Oliver Queen for a second there, and I'm like, no, but he's yeah. got money. And I'm he's like, well, is, there, so is there anybody? And then I'm like, 
no, there's there's definitely there's yeah, there's definitely quite, there's a few. Quint Quint is my favorite of those examples because like <laughs> Natasha at least like usually has the backing of like a government agency that she's working for that can provide her with resources. Uh, Clint's got nothing. Clint's just like, I worked at the circus once. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I don't know what Wall Street is. (laughs) Where do you get money? Uh, Wall Street? (laughs) Don't, Don't fucking worry about it, Tony. Piss off. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, Batman's, uh, origin is introduced, uh, about half a year or so into his initial creation. Um, not too long after that, uh, Robin is introduced, uh, largely to, uh, provide a Watson character. Uh, for when Batman is solving crimes, as is, uh, one of the main tenets of his character, uh, he can state his deductions out loud to somebody, uh, instead of just walking around a crime scene talking to himself. Um, and also, uh, to have, you know, a younger character, uh, to help draw in the younger audience, because... Robin was about the same age as, like, the target demographic for comic books, which was, you know, like, oh, no, dogs. Like, <laughs> it was like, oh, no, dogs. It was exactly like, oh, no, dogs. Um, but, but young, like, elementary school boys. Um, yeah, Robin was the, uh, audience surrogate. Exactly. Um, and then he, uh, founded the tradition of uh superhero sidekicks um and also went on to become my favorite fictional character of all time um founded the tradition of superhero sidekicks and also founded the tradition of me loving this specific archetype (laughs) um a, a really uh a remarkable thing um so uh as Time goes on, uh, we start, like, after World War Two or so, they start moving away, um, from, uh, the darker, kind of pulpy, noirish Batman stories, uh, into somewhat lighter material, um, and Batman comics continue to be published, uh, like, through the 40s and into the 50s, um, which is notable because, like, after World War II, uh, interest in, like, the initial, like, kind of superhero boom started to decline, um, so there's a lot of characters who, like, have kind of a gap in their history because, like, they weren't really publishing stories about them because people weren't buying superhero comics, um, but Batman continues to do, uh, okay, um, and this is, it's also kind of funny because, uh, in the 50s, uh, or the 60s, when DC establishes the existence of its 
multiverse uh, where they decide that uh, because they had this kind of gap in publication, they're like, okay, all of these Golden Age stories actually took place uh, on this other Earth, Earth 2, uh, and all these, like, original characters are on Earth 2 doing their own thing, um, and now this is Earth 1, where all the current characters are. Um, but because Batman was just, like, continually being published through that time, uh, a lot of people weren't, like, they technically were supposed to have, like, all of these old Batman stories taking place on Earth 2, and it's like, oh, Earth 2 Batman, like, uh, married Selina Kyle, uh, and they had a daughter, uh, and that was, uh, Helena Wayne, and she became the Huntress, um, and a lot of people still just, like, talked about the original stories, uh, as if they happened, like, in the main continuity, because nobody knew what the heck was going on. <laughs> and they still confusing. don't. They still don't. That's the moral of the story. Nobody has no idea what in the heck was going on. Um, so, uh, we enter the Silver Age of comics, uh, in the 50s and 60s, um, where we start having, like, a lot more kind of sci-fi-themed, uh, adventures. Um, there's, uh, things become a little bit goofier, um, leading up to, uh, the Batman TV series, uh, in 1966, which is, uh, super goofy, uh, extremely campy. I'm sure most people have seen it. Uh, it's a delight. Um... But it's it's very, 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 very silly. Uh, and we love it dearly. <laughs> we love it so much. Lighthearted, low stakes, very, uh, you know, like, absurd, over-the-top shenanigans. It um, happened at sea. Sea for Catwoman. <laughs> and that shark um, was pulling my leg. The Joker. <laughs> <laughs> um... Everyone should go follow uh, Bat Labels on Twitter, which just chronicles uh, different, like, extremely unnecessary signs in the the Adam West Batman TV show. Um, I have been retweeting some onto the Twitter. <laughs> yeah, because they're great. Um, and they also talk a little bit about how, like, a lot of the comedy of this was, like, intentional. Um, but, uh, so for a little while they try, um, to, uh, align the tone of the Batman comics with the series, um, and they do, they have some success, uh, notably, uh, Batgirl is, uh, the Barbara Gordon Batgirl is a creation of the series, the TV series, and, uh, is brought into the comics, and is great, and is great forever, and I love her. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it doesn't, like, go over, like, super well overall. Um, so in, like, the late 60s and into the 70s, um, they're like, okay, uh, we are going, uh, we're going back to, back to the roots. 
um, quote unquote, we're we're making uh we're making Batman dark again. Uh, we're still he's still not gonna have a gun. <laughs> We've all decided <laughs> that's the line we're drawing. He's not gonna have a gun, but we do um we do want to do some kind of like more less camp stuff less like sci-fi stuff more of these kind of pulpy noirish uh crime thriller kind of stories um culminating uh sort of like that's most of the 70s is them kind of working on you know reestablishing this uh and then famously in 1986 uh, Frank Miller writes The Dark Knight Rises, uh, which is credited with, uh, basically establishing the character of Batman as we know him culturally today. Um, I don't, I don't think it should get all the credit for that. Um, and also everyone's heard me on this podcast. I don't love Frank Miller or his work. I don't love The Dark Knight Rises. Um, it, <laughs> there's, it has merits. Um, Carrie Kelly, good. Everything Carrie else. Carrie Kelly <laughs> is great. Uh, Carrie Kelly is valid. Um, lots of other stuff uh, I'm not a big fan of. But, you know, uh, for better or for worse, this is kind of what people think of when they think of Batman. Uh, and, like, I think there's been a shift recently uh, in, like, actual Batman comics. I think over the past ten years or so, um, we've seen uh, a lot more portrayals of Batman that, uh, you know, deal with his, like, actual mental health issues and deal with him being a father um and are less about like how either how cool it is uh that he's so you know edgy and uh alone uh or how you know extremely fucked up he is and like oh basically He's just as fucked up as the Joker. It's just that he channeled all his fucked upness into, uh, fighting criminals instead of doing murders. Um, which isn't true. Uh, <laughs> he's just, he's just kind of, I mean, he has a lot of stuff to deal with. Um, but he is just kind of a very, uh, traumatized man, uh, who's, you know, working out that trauma in a way a way you know he has some methods that are healthier than other methods for sure like he Uh, could definitely use therapy like i yeah listen i wouldn't tell him not to go uh but i wouldn't say he's joker levels no um for sure not um so uh Obviously, uh, again, Batman has probably 
the most famous collection of villains overall, um, of any comic book character. Uh, everybody knows the Joker. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, most people know Riddler and Harley and Poison Ivy and Catwoman. Um, Batman and Catwoman also sort of, uh, I think codify the trope of that thing that Batman and Catwoman do where <laughs> they're, you know, they're technically on opposite sides and one of them's a thief and one of them wants to stop crime, but, like, they're constantly just sort of, like, chasing each other and neither of them really wants the other to stop. Um, you mean Batman and flirting? Well, no, I know what flirting is, but there's lots of <laughs> kinds of flirting that aren't what Bruce and Selina do. There's a lot of ways to flirt that aren't, uh, stealing a necklace from somebody at a party because you know that your love interest is there and watching you, and then you go up to the rooftop and then the two of you, uh, say dramatic things to each other on a rooftop before you do a backflip off the rooftop and you know he's going to chase you, but he's not actually going to catch you. Like, that's is a that, good wait, way is to that, flirt. Is that not just what flirting is? <laughs> that's all flirting. That's If you thought you were flirting, but you did not do that, I'm sorry <laughs> to inform you, you were not flirting. I'm so glad to say I've never been flirted with. <laughs> Thank God. We're it safe. sounds exhausting. <laughs> it's so much work. Um, God. Um, so, uh, so he has one of, probably the most famous, uh, collection of villains in all of comics. Um, he, uh, has, I think, probably the most famous, one of the most famous fictional cities there are. Um, probably one of the superheroes who is, uh, most connected, uh, to the city that he, uh, originates from. Um, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of Batman, uh, is about, uh, how important Gotham is to him. Um, and how important he, it is that he save Gotham specifically, uh, from all of the, you know, all of the extremely bad crimes that's constantly happening in it 100% of the time. <laughs> there's just there's so, so much of it. Much. There's, there's so much crime. There's so much crime. It's just, just fun. you're like whack-a-moling crime at this point. You just turn around and there's like... <laughs> A hundred more crimes when you weren't looking. Um, he, uh, he's one of the, uh, charter members of the Justice League. Um, he's been in, uh, pretty much every, uh, incarnation of it. Uh, he, you know, except for, uh, a few times when he was, uh, dead or... He had some other important thing going on. Uh, sometimes he goes and he founds, like, new, like, spin-off Justice Leagues, um, or other teams, like the Outsiders, um, but he is, uh, he is kind of a, uh, a core part of 
the Justice League dynamic, uh, and of the overall, uh, kind of, you know, dynamic of the big name DC superheroes, um, as, usually as kind of, uh, a voice of, like, pragmatism, sometimes cynicism, uh, also the one who, uh, keeps tabs on what all of his friends' weaknesses are in case they go evil, and he has to stop them, but literally it's only ever used by, like, villains who hijack into Batman's, like, top-secret, like, database of weaknesses and use it to fight the Justice League, and it's like, oh, oh, Batman, he's like, what? Look, sometimes part of your trauma is being in control of situations. And you just gotta. <laughs> you you simply you simply must. Um, I think maybe it would go better if like one of the million times this happened, everyone was like Bruce. He was like, "Well, this is one of my trauma coping mechanisms," and then they could be like, "Okay, well, let's find ha- something else." <laughs> yeah, let's get you in touch with a psychologist, uh, and you can figure out a different way to do this. Or maybe we don't keep these all in one place. <laughs> oh my god. Please. I love him. Um and uh you know, also uh very well known for uh despite the public image of him, uh or like the current like pop cultural image of him as like uh brooding and constantly alone um has a fucking massive support team of <laughs> associated people um many of whom are his children uh biological and uh adopted um just a ridiculous no- which like again a lot of it is from, like, uh, a practical marketing perspective, uh, about, well, Batman's, like, very popular, and he sells a lot of comics and a lot of merchandise, uh, so we should have more Batman-associated characters that we can make comics and merchandise about. Um, but also means in-universe, there's just, like, fucking, like, 30 teens associated with him at any given time. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm, no one can understand my pain and my sadness, except for my thousand children. Um, it's good. He's very good. He is a fool, and I love him. <laughs> I love Batman. Uh, doing, uh, doing a comic book podcast for a hundred episodes has not in any way diminished my love of Batman, and... I probably love him more. Um, despite Tom King putting him through the goddamn ringer the entire time we've been doing this, uh, that's, that's the one thing that's kind of like, when, uh, when we started doing this podcast, uh, Tom King was pretty fresh into his Batman run, um, and now we are a hundred episodes in, uh, and his Batman run has 
almost concluded. Um, and it turns out I still love Batman. <laughs> what, what would change your mind about Batman? <laughs> that is a great question. I don't know. Because, like, the thing is, if it's, like, not the thousands of extremely terrible Batman fanboys who exist in the world and who are constantly putting their bad Batman opinions out into existence. Honestly, that just makes me love him more. Because it's like, I have to love Batman twice as much to make up for you not understanding Batman. Um, and just, like, using him as, like, a, a crutch for your weird, like, macho ego problems. I have to love Batman to protect him from <laughs> people like you. <laughs> it's like the change my mind meme, but it's like you sitting behind the table, like, all your takes are wrong about Batman. <laughs> change my mind. Change my mind. You can't. You never will. Um, there are There are plenty of people with good Batman takes. I'm not addressing anyone who listens to this podcast. Uh, all, all of you are valid. Um, but there are people out there who, 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 boy, just really, oh, oh Batman's, uh, just like me, cause he, like, he, he hates people and he doesn't care about anyone. No! Shut up! Like, that's just empirically not true. It's, like, not! He's doing this because he cares so much! Like, that's his whole motivation, and also, why do you think he adopted all of these kids and is, like, constantly surrounding himself with more and more up-and-coming heroes? Oh, he, he loves them. Batman doesn't care anybody. He just, he just created the Justice League for no reason. <laughs> Batman doesn't care any about anybody. He just saw this kid who was trying to steal the wheels off of his car and was like, you know what? Fuck this kid, but I guess I'm gonna take him home and give him a, a life. <laughs> I guess I'm gonna give this child a, a safe place to live and uh, a semblance of an emotional support system after he tried to rob me. Like, again, he's not always good at it. No, uh, but he tries. He, God, oh my God, does he try. He tries all the time. In this institution. That's my Batman take. <laughs> Just, oh my god, does he try? Oh my god, does he try? Tries all the time. Uh, I'm just like, in my, I'm like sitting in my room and I'm looking around at all of the Batman merch I can see from this one place where I'm seated on the floor. I can count, I think, five discreet Batmen. Mm. From this vantage point. Oh, no, six. Got another one. At least I, six Batmen. I don't know if I have any Batmen in this room. I'm looking around. I don't think I have Batmen. I know I do in my room. But in this room, I'm surrounded by cosplay supplies and also, for whatever stupid reason, my big bag of dice. <laughs> <laughs> whatever foolish hubris reason yeah um all right uh i 
could spend another hour talking about Batman, but... Okay, real quick, do you want to, like, shout out some of your favorite Batman arcs? Since (gasps) there's so many Batman comics and some people might not know where to start. So many Batman comics. Um, my personal favorite, uh, Batman starting point, uh, is Hush, uh, written by Jeff Loeb, art by Jim Lee. Um, I've probably brought this up, uh, a few times. It's, uh, relatively recent. I think, like, early 2000s. I'm very fond of it because it's one of the first Batman books I read. Um... But I think it's a good starting point because it, like, includes a lot of major players. Uh, Tim's in it, Nightwing's in it, Catwoman's in it. Um, and it's, like, genuinely, like, a cool mystery story. Um, that's just about, like, Bruce trying to figure out who this weird, mysterious villain is. Uh, and what his deal is. And also, uh basically every other villain at the same time is, like, running around causing chaos. Um, uh, The Long Halloween and Dark Victory. Um, The Long Halloween is, uh, the book that a lot of, uh, Batman the Dark Knight, the movie, uh, was based on. Um, so it's, uh, a lot of it is about, uh, Harvey Dent, um, but it's another kind of, like, noir-ish, uh, sort of story. Um, Dark Victory is a follow-up to that, that I like, because Robin's in it. Um, what are some other, uh, I really like all of, uh, Tom King's recent work, if you want to read some very, uh, new Batman stuff. Um, that's more if you're, like, uh, less about the crime-solving aspect and, like, more about, like, a psychological portrait, um, of this man, uh, that's a good place. Um, what are some others? Uh, I want to say Superman Batman, but it shouldn't because that's only half Batman, but you should read Superman Batman. <laughs> I mean, he's there. He's in it. He is, he's certainly in it. Um, those are, those are some of my favorites. Uh, if anyone has, like, I want to read Batman books that are, like, like such and such tone, um, I can probably think of something more specific. Uh, The Killing Joke is, uh, I have complicated feelings about it, but it's worth reading. Um, if you want something very, very weird and spooky, um, Arkham Asylum, uh, Serious House on Serious Earth, uh, is just kind of very, like, weird and psychological and disturbing. Um, those are, those are some, those are some of my top batted men. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Friggin' get off this call and, like, remember, like, uh, a hundred, like, Batman books that I, I wanted to talk about. Um, <laughs> but, like, seriously, like, do, like, genuinely, if you want, like, specific Batman recommendations, I will talk to you about it. A lot. 
Um, okay. Um, I think that's everything. We should stop talking about Batman. Should I we? Free myself. No, I mean, we should for the sake of, like, me ever going to bed or <laughs> accomplishing anything in my life. I'll just sit here and talk about Batman forever. What oh. a wild 100th episode. It went for 12 hours. Wow, wow. Just, like, kind of a dream of consciousness of Olivia lying on the ground and she's like and the real thing the thing about Christian Bale's portrayal of Batman you know this reminds me a lot about when we first met <laughs> lying on the ground talking about Batman yep yep friendship coming full circle baby um also I do remember that we fully told that story in our first episode so not to go back there again but <laughs> We did. It's a great story. Um, who who would have predicted it would have led us here? A hundred episodes into a podcast. Holy moly. I don't know. I didn't really listen to podcasts then, so... <laughs> no idea. Wow. Wow. Um, did you have anything else? Did you want to shout at any comics? Uh, I did. I know we already talked about The Witch Boy last week, but I did read The Hidden Witch and The Midwinter Witch. Oh. And they are both still very good. Go oh, read I the gotta, whole trilogy. I gotta read them. Do it. Uh, um, I did, uh, there was a new issue of Tom King Batman, uh, this week, uh, just ricocheting towards its end, which won't really be the end because then he's gonna do, like, the follow-up series that's gonna actually finish everything. Uh, but, uh, only, like, a couple more issues left of Tom King's official run on Batman. Um, this one was pretty sad, so, uh, good luck, I guess. Um, also, I had a comic from last week that I forgot to talk about last week. Oh. Um, yes, uh, Folklords, uh, that's Folklords with a D. Um, is a, uh, kind of, uh, fantasy send-up, uh, from Boom Studios, uh, written by Matt Kind and illustrated by Matt Smith. So two Matts. Um, is this, or, this is definitely a different Matt Smith than the actor who was on Doctor Who, correct? I am almost certain it is. <laughs> I am pretty sure if that Matt Smith was illustrating comics, I would have heard about it. Uh, but I did not. That would be that. wild. It would be a pretty wild turn. Um, but, uh, it takes place in kind of a, uh, medieval fantasy world, uh, and, like, follows a, uh, a boy who has, uh, visions of what we understand to be our modern world, uh, but nobody in his world understands what he's talking about, um, and he's, uh, on a quest to figure out what those mean, uh, and track down, uh, some mysterious, possibly apocryphal beings called the Folklords, um, it's and uh I liked it. It was cute. It's a uh a cute concept. Um and it's got some neat ideas. Um 
And if you like that sort of, you know, uh, subversive-ish fantasy or, like, you know, like, uh, lampshading of fantasy tropes, um, it's not, like, fully, like, satire or anything, um, but it's clearly, you know, uh, playing with stuff. Um, so I, um, I liked it. I liked the first issue and it was cute. Um, that was the thing I wanted to say. Um, if you, uh, want to hear from us, if you want to see retweets of bat labels, um, if you want to talk about Batman for a very long time, um, you can (laughs) find us, uh, on the internet, on Twitter and Tumblr and Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest. Um, you can, uh, send us an email to capesandjapes at gmail.com. You can find us all, all on all those other places at Capes and Japes. Also, um, you can join our Discord server, uh, post pictures of your pets, post pictures of yourself, uh, talk about anything, anything that's going on with you. Um, we have a, uh, Patreon you can subscribe to. Um, we just did a bonus episode, um, <laughs> That, uh, was pretty fun. Uh, kind of weird. Come hear us, uh, pitch some, some movies. Um, if you can't, uh, if you can't subscribe to Patreon. I think it's important to say, come hear us pitch movies about the Joker. Yeah, come hear us talk about how we would make a movie about the Joker. That We We did not watch the one that came out, but. No, (laughs) we didn't care. But we came up with some versions that maybe we would care about. <laughs> um, we had a lot of fun. We did. It's good. Uh, support us on Patreon if uh, if you're able able and willing, and you can hear stuff like that. Um, if you can't do that or you don't feel like it, um, but you still want to help us out, uh, we would love it if you left a rating and review. Um, if you like the show. We would love if you, uh, told a friend to check it out. And, hey, well, we have done a hundred episodes of this, uh, because of you guys who have listened for this long. Um, and I cannot express enough how, like, extremely weird, uh, and uplifting and uh, just really, truly humbling, that is. Yeah. Also, I just remembered we did get a new patron this week. Oh! Right, yes, new patron! I saw the <laughs> Discord and I forgot. Um, thank you! Thank I you, Felicity. Uh, thank you, I already said thank you in the Discord, but, uh, I'm pretty sure. If I didn't, hey, thanks! That was rad of you, and I'm I'm so glad you decided uh to to come to come party with us. Um but yes, uh thank you to everyone on Patreon. Thank you to everyone who listens or has listened or is Pretty listening. much if if you're hearing this, thank you. Yeah. This is for you. This 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 one's for you. Um 
My gift is my pod. <laughs> and this one's for you. <laughs> wow. Aaron Debate right here in the studio with us. And um, you can tell everybody that this is your pod <laughs> that you love to listen to. Alright. Okay. We're not gonna top that. Um, so, <laughs> uh, thank you. We love you. Um, I can't believe we did a hundred episodes of this. Um. Here's to a hundred more. Oh my god. <laughs> I can't even think that high. Uh, right? I have been Olivia. And I have been Elyon. And, as always, kiss me sexy Batman. More appropriate than ever. Except for the first time. Kiss me sexy Batman. Uh.